That's what I do. So I'm, <laughs> I'm already mentally prepared. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like I'm losing yeah. that hour. The cell phone does it on its own. Yeah, it does. Uh, Sean was telling me that car crashes and heart attacks go up when the time springs forward. Who said that? Oh, Sean. Oh, yeah, why? That makes sense. People lose an hour of sleep, so when they don't get their rest, you know, people's heart fails on a higher rate. It's like 20, goes up like 20%. Really? Because they're more tired, car accidents go up. Productivity goes down at work, everything is, everything's a mess. <laughs> wow. Should have been a long time ago. <laughs> I don't know why we're still doing it, to be honest. <laughs> There's, it's supposed to be the last year, I thought, because of the Sunshine right. Protection Good. Act. Good. Yeah, I thought I heard something. Yeah, I heard something like that, too. Not every country does it, though, right? Only the U.S., right? Well, not every state does it in, oh. in the U.S. I know Arizona and some other states leave it as is, which makes sense to me. Amazing. We think about a neat haircut. Good morning. Welcome to church. I'm Jesse Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. Uh, you can get involved by getting involved in our chat line. And hate will let me know your questions or comments, and I can respond. So the time, the time went forward in L.A. today. I don't think it happens all over the country, but hopefully some folks will wake up and whatever. Uh, good morning, y'all. Good morning. So... Hi, good morning. <clears throat> Any questions or anything about anything? Anybody had a week this week? Anybody learned anything about yourself this week? Yes, sir. At least one person. Well, um, these recent storms uh, are just proof that we shouldn't be overreacting to anything. Because ever since I was a young teenager, I've been hearing, oh, the California's in a drought. You know, conserve water. So now with, this, with all these storms, what's their excuse about the, you know, raising the, water, the rate of the water and stuff, you know? They've been overreacting to the situation, and now we have all this water that they don't even know what to do with it, you know? Right. So I think well, they, a, they said that they didn't build uh, reservoirs, so the water yeah. still, the price still going to stay up. But did you learn anything about yourself this week? About myself? Yeah. Uh, not to overreact. Not yeah. to overreact. Yeah. You know. Are you learning? Are you stopping that? Well, not as. I mean, I changed a lot since I was younger, so I don't overreact to stuff as much. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Even even when a family member gets upset and starts yelling, you know, just just like you like you say, just watch them, let them do their thing, and right. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't overreact to them. Yeah. Okay. How are you doing? It, uh, better? Yes, I'm doing better. In what way? I'm calmer. Yeah. Are you still doing the silent prayer? Yes. Amazing. So um, last last Sunday was your first time here, right? Yes. And who told you about it? Rochelle. 
Oh, she invited you. Yes. Nice. Uh, so you're doing a prayer, you're calmer. Are you surprised at such a quick change in you? I, I am. Yeah. I am very surprised. Yeah. It could happen overnight if we really knew what was up. I still get pulled, you know. Right. Um, like I just did it right now, driving over here. You got pulled driving Into over here? the, I, yeah. What happened? With the devil's thoughts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, thinking about stuff and then I caught myself. Nice. And I stopped it. And that's how you do it. Just stay with yes. that. Stay with it. If you have to do it a hundred times a minute, you stay with that. Yes. And it gets easier, easier, easier. It's getting easier. Yeah. It is. Amazing. Did you forgive your mother? Yes. How did that go? Oh, it's going good. Yeah. Well, yeah, good. I, I love her so much. I realize how much I love her. And how I need to be... Um, a, a better daughter, just what? in other in because I was always overreacting. So yeah. now that I'm calmer, I'm dealing with things better. Well, now you're going to be able to love her in the right way, not emotionally, but the right love. Yes. And if she if she doesn't act, act right, you'll be able to throw her out the window. <laughs> 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 and to feel fine about it. All right? Okay. Good, but stay with the prayer. Stay yes. with any questions about anything? No, not not yet. Oh, okay. Maybe later. Right on. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Okay. Um, I want to uh, deal with the biblical question first, I think. Do you extend mercy to yourself? It's an amazing question. Do you extend mercy to yourself? Anybody want to respond to that? No? Yes, sir. I say no. You do not extend mercy to yourself? No. And why not? Because um, it's, it's harder for me nowadays to, um, to look at the things I do as, as right or wrong and to pick out which things are right and to pick out which things are wrong. So if I were to be extending mercy to myself, I mean, I'm not like, you know, beating myself up about things. But yeah. if I were to be extending mercy to myself, I, just, I guess I just don't feel like I have the power to do so because I can't really choose which things are wrong to do that on. And so um, I would say no. Okay. And how about you? You had your hand. Do you extend mercy to yourself? Yes. And why do you say yes? Well, because... Um Throughout my life, I've, um, you know, I've experienced success, failure, and then just like a failure to launch. Reason being is, you know, went to college, dropped out, you know, just had a lot of reckless behavior and a lot of toxicity in my life. So um, I try not to look at that stuff like from back then and just look forward to the future. So I have to extend mercy to my, for myself in order to move forward. Does that make sense? I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Um, so you extend mercy to yourself by looking forward instead of keep looking back? Yeah. Oh, okay. And does God extend mercy to you? Yes. And how does he do that? Well, he knows that we fall short of his, of his grace. And um, as long as we know 
of the mistakes that we've made, we can continue to move forward. And just, or sometimes it's not even a mistake, it's something that we intentionally did that, you know, if, if you understand that it was, it was wrong and not just say, oh, well, or blame somebody else and say, oh, it was their fault, it was their fault, it was their fault, and know that it was yours, then I believe God will extend mercy to you. Oh, okay. Does God extend mercy to you, Sean, since you don't do it to yourself? Uh, no. I, I, it makes me think of... Uh, you said God does not extend no. mercy? Um, makes me think of a few weeks ago when we were talking about how he'll let you suffer. Um, you know, God will let you suffer if you're not uh, ready to change. Oh, okay. And so in that way... God does no. not... Yeah, in that way, no. Okay, interesting. Uh, yes, ma'am. Oh, I was just gonna weigh in. Okay, yeah. Do you extend mercy to yourself? Did you think about this? Is anybody think about this? Okay. Uh, I don't. No, I don't. You do not, and why not? I don't believe I have the the capacity to. I don't. I don't know how to do that. I don't believe I know how to do it. I don't believe that that's my business to do that. I believe that that is something God does, and I don't believe I'm even capable oh, okay. of extending mercy to Have myself you, or anyone. Um, repeat that. What was the last thing? I don't believe I'm capable of extending uh, mercy to myself or oh, anyone. Oh, okay. Do you believe that God extends mercy to you? I believe God can do whatever he Pleases. <laughs> he can, but do you think he does? He may have. I don't know. Oh, okay. I, there, he may have in many instances throughout my life, unbeknownst to me. Yeah. Because I don't really know God's ways. So when you thought of this question this week, what went through your mind about it? When I initially, when you said it, when you asked the question initially, I I thought, yes, I do, because I, I considered in my mind that mercy and forgiveness are one and the same. However, as I, as I pondered it through the week, I don't believe they are necessarily the same. Oh, okay. When you were the Bible-thumping kind of a Christian, did you think then that you extended mercy to yourself? Or you didn't think about it? I didn't really ponder it. I don't believe I've been a Bible th- What is a Bible thumper, anyway? <laughs> uh, what's a Bible thumper? Um, someone who gets lost in, you know, the Scripture yeah, and will, you know, in order to make an argument, will just move from one verse to another to another. Right. Just bang it over your head, even though, you know, they may not. You can't have a grown-up conversation with them because they just throw it out biblical. My cat went to the well, and the Lord said, your cat should not go to the well. But he went anyway, and I should not throw the cat in the water. <laughs> no, that's, that's never right. been me. <laughs> nice. Um, how about you? Do you? Did you think about this question this week? Yeah. And do you extend mercy to yourself? I don't think so, no. And why not? Well, um, when I think about it, I don't think I've ever asked for mercy. You never but asked God for mercy? No. Does he extend mercy to you? I don't know. But when I thought about it, I was like, well, what, 
what is mercy because I can't think of a time where I cried out to God asking, you know, God have mercy on me. And and when I think about that, it's it's like So you never ask God to have mercy on you? No, not oh. like that. Wow. <laughs> I don't know, but but that's <laughs> that made me wonder why though. Why yeah. I never asked God for mercy. Oh, okay. That's as far as I went. So you don't understand mercy to yourself. And you don't believe God. You don't know if God does or not. I don't know. Oh, okay. In, in my own life, like I, I just I've cried out to God in ways, but not necessarily asking for God to have mercy on me or on my life or whatever's happening. I kind of just let it happen. What have you realized about yourself since paying more attention to you? Keep your eyes on yourself. Um, since you first started out. Well, first it was mostly seeing. The wickedness was the first thing that woke me up, knowing that at my core, I was wicked, I was evil, and these things that was that were happening on the outside yeah. um, was the direct result of my inner condition, I suppose. And when I saw it, um, it was enough to have me question basically everything else about me, why nice. it was that I'm here, um, what is it about me that that's bringing all of this stuff? Why why is this stuff not leaving? Why was this stuff always here to begin with? It was just a lot of questioning, but not necessarily asking God like why <clears throat> have mercy on me, get get rid of this. It wasn't necessarily that. Oh, okay. It was just a lot of questioning. Why is this stuff here? Amazing. All right. How about you? Extend, did you think about the question this week? I did. And do you extend mercy to yourself? Um, I'm not really sure. I did look up the definition, and one of it did. One of the definitions did say forgiveness, and so I know that I did not. I know in the past I did not extend mercy on myself. I was always hard on myself, thinking that the decisions that I were make was making or the things that I was doing was me and that I had control, and then when it didn't go right, I used to, I was the opposite of her. I would be begging God for mercy down on my knees. Oh, God, please have mercy on me. Um, but I don't, that never worked. And so right now you don't know if you right extend mercy or not to The reason yourself. why I say I don't know is because it's like a one-time thing, so I have, I have learned to forgive myself. But I think of it like a one-time thing, like you don't continue. Like when you go and forgive, it's, it's done and over with, so you don't have to keep going back. So I think about that as the same for me. Like I've learned that I needed to forgive myself and just let it go. So if that's extended mercy on myself, yes. Oh, okay. But for now, you don't know if you do or not. I would say, yes, I probably have, and it's over with. So, I don't know. Do you know if you're saying <laughs> you mercy to yourself or not? Um, I don't know. Oh. I'm, I'm going to say I don't know, because it's, it's, it's tricky What's for me. tricky? Because it's like, if extending mercy is forgiveness and is forgiving yourself, it's not something that you have to do repeatedly. So I've done that. I've learned to forgive myself, and I've done it, right. and it's over with. So I don't know if that would be a yes. I don't know if I'm making oh, okay. sense. <laughs> and do, do you, does God extend mercy to you? 
Um. Hmm. I think yeah. You think God has sent mercy to you? I think yeah. <laughs> I'm so, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. Why do sure. you think? Oh, okay, you, you don't know if God has sent mercy to you. Yeah, I'm not really sure because, like I said, I think it's a one-time thing. Like it doesn't. Like I used to. Like I said, I used to like beg for mercy. Like God, please forgive me. Please have mercy on right. me. Please let this pass. So this is not a contest. It's not. A, it's just fellowshipping. All right. Don't worry about being right or wrong. You want to know yourself. Okay. Right. Uh, so you don't know if God is saying mercy or I'm not? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, ma'am. You extend mercy to yourself? I'm starting to. And how are you doing that? Um, because I'm starting to forgive others. Oh, okay. Um, especially my partner. Your um, partner? My significant other. Your significant other? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to forgive you him. You a woman? No, a uh, uh, man. Oh, you mean your husband? <laughs> well, he's not my husband. But your boyfriend? Yes. You can say boyfriend or husband. That way we'll know yeah. for sure. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, you forgave him? I'm starting to forgive him, so I feel like I'm being forgiven. Okay. So you- I'm starting to have mercy on myself. Oh, nice. Do you believe that God has sent mercy to you? I believe he is now. You believe he is now? And, and why do you believe that now? Because I'm thinking more of myself. I'm standing more alone yeah. and following others. Whereas I, I, if somebody says, let's go here, and it's going to interfere with my life or my plans yeah. for tomorrow or for tonight I say no now I say no because nice. I need to get some rest I need to be ready for tomorrow and I, I won't sacrifice and where before you could not say no before I wouldn't say no wow you know it's amazing to see you change so fast you know when I first met you you stressed out really out of it I was a mess a mess and an instant healing came for you isn't that amazing it is and you suffered all that time unnecessarily I did I did yeah I still do I mean but it's, it, you're, I still, you're fine you know but I'm headed in the right direction I think. yeah amazing so okay so you you believe you extend Mercy to yourself, and God does it to you as well. Now, he, yes. Oh, okay. Now. You don't think he was doing it all along before now? Well, if he was, I didn't really feel it. Oh, okay. Because I was always feeling guilty. Um, anytime I overreacted, I felt guilty. Right. Just, you know, I mean... I wasn't forgiving others. I wasn't forgiving myself. And it's just everything was chaos. I know. What a mess, huh? Yeah. What a mess. Okay. Interesting. How about you, Nick? Do you extend mercy to yourself? Yeah, I think so. And why do you think so? Um, Because I'm just not so hard on myself. I, I think it comes from 
understanding more. You know, you ask your, I'm very careful with your questions, like the ones about love and anger, for example, because um, I just know that it's like an all or nothing thing. You have to like, to have love or to have no anger, it's like, even if you have a little bit, yeah. 99 and a half won't do, right? You gotta but do on, 100. Exactly. But on mercy, um, you know, I honestly, I honestly feel, even though I may, maybe I might overreact sometimes, I think I really can't truly judge people at myself because I, I, I think I get it. I think I get what they're going through, at least somewhat. Maybe not the full depths. And because I kind of get what I'm going through, I let go of things. So I think I do. I'm merciful on myself, if you will. Do you believe God is stand mercy to you? I'm not sure. I think, I think so. But you, when you asked me this a few days ago, I've been thinking about it. And I think about the times I've asked for mercy. And I've never asked God, you, like, oh, you, please have mercy on me. I've never said that. But I noticed, I realized throughout my life I'll have moments of shock or desperation. And that's kind of like asking for mercy. Like but my you soul never is, said, Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, actually, now that I think about it, <laughs> I did, actually. But that was when I, I was like an atheist, like younger, way younger. You were I, atheist yeah. asking God to have mercy on you? Take this in. And I think a lot of people do this. Um, I was younger. I, did, I had rejected all that. I didn't believe in a God. But, and maybe this is too much, but I think it's honest. I was drunk. You were drunk? <laughs> and I was like, no, I never want this again. God, please take this away. <laughs> I think a lot of people do that, and I did not believe you God. wanted him to take the bottle away, or to like just never. I never want to feel this way, this sick again, or whatever. Oh, I see. And, and I, you think, Lord, have mercy on me, please? Yeah, and I did not believe in. I was an atheist, or what I called myself that. Um, so now that you mention it, yeah, I guess I have, in a weird way. I've come to realize that all Christians are atheists mm-hmm. and don't know it. You can overcome being an atheist, but all Christians are atheists. Not just atheists alone, but we'll get to that's another story. Um, so you don't know if God is saying mercy to you. It's a little bit of a mystery to me, but I, I think He does because okay. in my in my like intellectual way of looking at it, I look at my life and I'll intellectually think where it should have gone and should be, and it's completely different than what I thought. It's oh, okay. completely different than what I think I deserved, which was a lot worse than this. I, I'm, I'm fine. Nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I ask these questions so that if you want to be free, you got to get to know yourself. You got to pay attention to you. That's the only way it's going to happen. And you will see what's, what is happening. And it's amazing to see it. It really is. It's freeing up. Do, yes. Do you stand mercy to yourself? No, no, I, I don't really think of it that way. I think and why the closest, not? The closest uh, part of, about extending mercy to myself is uh, uh, when I was able to forgive, God forgave uh, me. So extending mercy to myself, forgiving, and then, um, then all that, the bad stuff started to die away. So when I gave myself grace to, because I, of myself, I really so just so, so I can be clear, you yeah. do extend mercy to yourself, I or you did. don't? I think I did it. You did, but you don't now. Right. And how? How? And you did it when you forgave yourself. 
Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then uh, the only thing I can think of, I don't use those words every day, you know, at the store, uh, uh, you have mercy or, you, you know, I don't, I don't even use that word, but think of it, thinking of it in a Bible way, um, you, uh, you know, God extended mercy by having Christ uh, come down and die for our sins. And so that's, that's enough. We don't need, uh, uh, that's sufficient. If we were to, you know, uh, repent ourselves and, and, uh, and we're able to go to the Father, then we, we could become free. His, he's, he's already done everything. So you believe God has extended mercy to you? Yes. I think and he did it with Christ. I think he extended mercy with Christ. And also, you know, I was born and raised Catholic. And so, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so we, uh, <laughs> so we, we believe Were in... Were you a Catholic uh, too? Uh, oh, Mexican Catholic, huh? I, I am. Like the Baptist... I'm not Mexican. Like the blacks of... Uh, the blacks of Baptists. Well, they other stuff now. But we'll get to that. So being um, being Catholic, we we're raised and we, we we're aware of how um, we can have we have blessings and we have God's grace uh, upon us, um, you know, through through Christ and through Mary, we have God's grace and and so that's kind of you know our upbringing. Um, you said that Christ died for your sins. Yes. He did? He did. How many people believe that? Don't be scared. Is that a... a, Oh, okay. Let me see. Christ died for our sins. Are these Christians? No. Um, Yes. Christ died for your sins. Let me see your hands again. I'm sorry. uh, It sounds so nice, huh? Uh, <laughs> Frankie just said it. I had it down here to talk to bring it up a little bit. When you say Christ died for your sins, what do you mean by that? Uh, my my <laughs> sins of of uh, Francisco playing God, you know, playing doing the Adam thing, and uh, uh, my life wasn't working, and my suffering bought me uh, to understand that, and I had to repent of that. You know, and let that die. And so, if Christ died for your sin, what do you do? You still sin? No. You don't sin. No, no, I so don't. Have you ever sinned? Big time. So, if Christ died for your sin, why have you ever sinned? Uh, you know, I was I was dumb and blind and thinking I, I, I you know, my way was the you know the right way and. By doing my the shortcuts and things like that, uh, you know, I had had I brought a lot of suffering into my life. Oh, okay. And so, so Christ died for your sin. Yes. And when you when, I when you were sinning, did you know that Christ had died for your sin? Being born and raised Catholic, I knew it intellectually. You know, you kind of go through the, the paces, and you know, you go to Catholic school and. Oh yeah, okay, and you you kind you learn it. When I became an adult, and I, I decided to you know bite the apple and take chances and do some things that that I knew was wrong, but I okay. didn't. Interesting. You believe Christ died for your sins? 
And and why do you believe that? Um, can I give you an example? Yes. Um, you know how sometimes people will write like an angry letter and then they'll burn it to like release that energy? They write an angry letter and burn it? Yeah. To release the energy? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. What the? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I've been reflecting on this the last couple years, and it was like the mob mentality, they pushed all this blame and hatred onto Jesus Christ, and he took all of that terrible energy, and he, he, he um, yeah, it, he took it on his own shoulders, on his own body, and then he forgave everybody. And do you see a sin? Yes. You see a sin? Why do you see a sin if you know he died for your sins? Mm, I think I'm not, I think I forget. Like You forget? Mm-hmm. You forget and go sin? Maybe not in that order, but I do, like when I'm not aligned with with God and with the sacrifice of Jesus, I, I forget that Jesus loved me or loves me. Oh, okay. Okay, interesting. And uh, do you extend mercy to yourself while you have the mic? Um, there have been instances where I have. I'm sorry? There ha- I have sometimes, but it's not consistent. And how have you done it sometimes? Just mistakes that I've made, times where I've hurt people or sinned, and I. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yes, ma'am. You had your hair. Okay. Hi. All right. So you believe Christ died for your sins? Well, thinking about that while everybody was answering I think there was a point in my life where I I I thought that because I was told that and the reason why I raised my hand is I just I can just see the distinction of the fallen state and the love of God um, I'm just seeing it all the time every day I, when I'm talking to people and as it as it pertains to mercy I think do, yeah do you extend mercy to yourself well I think there's a lot of things that I, I I hear and I smoke on it and I you know investigate or whatever ponder it I think if I if I stay in my head too much and I listen to the devil there's a committee and then there's a conversation and I'll have a couple you know like yeah I think I do, but I can see that when you're not in the fallen state, mercy just is. It is what God gives to you, and your your vision just changes. I don't know how else to say it, and I'm I'm seeing that like over and over and over and over every day, every minute when I'm talking to people or listening. Even in this conversation, I can just see like it's like the room opened up and there's two sides. Yeah. You know, it's so, amazing to be able to see, huh? Yeah, it really is. I want to blame and now I see. Yeah, and once you see, yeah, you just you, you're seeing, and so I guess in terms of you know, like the conversation of sinning, you're instinctually like 
really walking with God, it's not a thought like I have to walk with God, I have to be nice to you, I have to control myself. You just are, and you don't have to. And I think there's, I'm definitely in a a practicing state because I've been, my entire life I've been in the intellectual and listening to the devil. And the more that I sit silent and I'm just, like I forgave my mother the other day, and I think there's just, I can just see what's happening. I don't know how else to say it. You just yeah. see differently. So even in, even though you're hearing something, even if it's something you don't agree with, I, I was in a room recently where there are a lot of things being said that six months ago I would have wanted to throw a table. And, and as I was listening, I was just seeing that, A, they don't know any different. They don't know any better. But also, like, the devil's talking to everybody. Yes. You know what I mean? So it was like, it was a yeah. natural, like, mercy i guess just because it was like nobody's wrong in terms of like you're bad i'm better it just is amazing yeah no yes sir you believe god christ died for your sins absolutely and what does that mean well i think of it in the figurative sense because uh jesus was you know the sacrifice to those who were either good or evil especially when it came to judas who, who all they provided was confusion amongst the people. It's like, no, 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 he's not doing this, no, no, no. And then when they crucified him, as he was on the cross, he said, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do, meaning they have absolutely no clue who's here, what he's doing. It's so amazing to the point where people just lost their minds. And uh, and it's extended to anybody who's good and evil. And then I think of it from today, where Judas is the media, because all they do is lie. They don't, they're sick and twisted. They'll u- utilize anything that they can to take over, to, to, to. Speak up a little bit. Oh, they'll utilize. Speak from in- your chest. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Say it with your chest. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll utilize anybody and anything that they can to push forward an agenda. And then um, in a figurative, well, I'm not comparing him, but in a figurative, since, you know, the great white hope, he's standing for everybody who's good and evil, all Americans. So, yeah, so, and not saying he's going to die or anything, but... Um, Let me ask you this. So you believe Christ died for your sins, right? Yes, for, And for so do you still sin? Yes. And why do you still sin if he died for them? I still sin because I'm not, I'm, either I'm aware of what I'm doing or I'm not aware of what I'm doing. There's some commandments that I, that... You know, you're just going to fall short on, like I said before, when it comes to mercy, because that's forgiveness, because some, like I said, sometimes you, you have no clue what you're doing. Then there's times where you intentionally doing something that you know is wrong and you just still continue to do it because you get some sense of pleasure out of it. So you sin and knowing that you're wrong, like I know I'm saying it, but I'm going to sin anyway. Pretty much. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and then Jesus died for you not to sin, right? For, for your sins. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For, for those, for, you know, even when I um, pray, I, I ask for forgiveness of my sins and the sins that I will commit because I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Right. I'm not that clear so you ask God to forgive you for the sins you will commit to? Yes. And what does he say? I don't know. I just, it's just, said, I don't know if I'm going to forgive you or not. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Oh, okay. Amazing. Uh, 
what do you think about this conversation? Say so what now? Deep? It is. Yes, let me take here and then I come. Yes. Did you say? Oh, do you believe he died for your sin? Did I ask you already? No, I didn't. Okay. You believe that? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and why do you believe well, it? Well, let me explain because I never understood what that phrase meant. Like, Jesus died for my sins. And even the character of Jesus Christ, like, I only, like, heard about him or read about him. And even now, I don't, I don't know him like, like, like a person that I could say he did this for me. I just and so I've I've come to understand, or just this is what I believe. I just believe that phrase just means he died for my sins. That that basically. You say you don't believe, or you do? No, I do believe it. Oh, okay. But this is my understanding of it, All right. and maybe it's wrong. But this is just what I believe. All right. That sentence, that phrase, what it means to me is he died for my sins, meaning he did something to show me that I could do something, that I could also do something. An example, and I don't know Christ besides words on a book, but I, I think I know him through like examples of people. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting you on a pedestal, but I've seen you go through things uh, in life, and I've seen you show, I've seen you the way you are with me, just you don't change, and you show me love. And, and I think that, for me, is that's how I know Christ, through examples of others. Do you treat other people the same way? They can't I get to so. you. I, I, I mean, meaning that you just show them love. Like what she was saying, I think so. it's all the same. Everybody goes there. I truly believe that. I really do. But, you know, yeah, good. I think sometimes I do take things maybe hard. and So maybe... Not, Are you changing your mind or what? No, no, no. Oh. I really do believe that, but I'm just... I need a drink. The thing is, I'm real careful about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really careful about that because... I'm like you. I imagine the Lord taking away this drink. <laughs> I'm just really careful with that because I, I really want to be there all the way and not just yeah. delude myself. And that's, yeah. I think it's sometimes, you know, to answer this other question you have about do I, if he died for my sins, why do I sin? I'm not sure if I do sin. I think I'm afraid to say, the, uh, say that out loud, to say something as... To say you don't? Right, to say that's something... That's interesting. Yeah, why are you afraid to say you because don't? Because I don't want to be deluded. And I know what oh, that's I like. I know what that's like to, to think, you know... <clears throat> And um, and maybe I'm maybe I'm waiting for some feeling <laughs> to tell me that I know when it's really just simple. It's just the answer is the answer, if that makes sense. Okay. I'm saying. So, but I do. I think I'm afraid to say that out loud, straight up. Okay. Like just just a sureness of that, you know. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, let me take it here first, and then I'll come back to you, Frank. This is so much fun, huh? It is. Yeah, I don't. I like it fun though. Little everybody. <laughs> Tight. Relax. Let it go. Yes. I just wanted to change my answer when you asked me. You want to take your answer? Yeah, because I said I you, didn't know. Okay, but, let me take this F off. <laughs> <laughs> when you asked me if I think that God extends mercy to me, and I was like, I wasn't really sure. I didn't know. But thinking about it, I'm going to say yes, because looking at looking back on when I was like asking God for mercy, when I would do something wrong or I thought that I was doing something wrong and it didn't, it didn't work out. I think that in itself was God extending mercy on me, allowing me to suffer and go through that, what I needed to go through to come out of it. So I, I do think that God extends mercy. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll give you a F plus. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm playing. Yes. 
So growing up Catholic uh, in the Catholic Church, they have a lot of, uh, you know, artwork, symbols and things, you know, statues and crosses. And, uh, you know, as a child, you don't really understand, but uh, you go through these rituals and, uh, uh, and you talk about the crucifixion and you see a statue of Christ and, uh, and, and you see how he suffered and it's supposed, you see a statue, you're supposed to be some kind of repentance in you uh, that this man sacrificed himself for, for me, for us. And so um, I, it's, I know there's a lot of rituals and a lot of talk and a lot of kind of Bible stuff, but just seeing that kind of stuff uh, in the old days when the, when the Catholic Church was strong, it, it, it brings some repentance, uh, you know, to, to me. Now that I, it brings know, repentance to you. It does. Seeing all that stuff on the wall brings repentance to you. You know, just thinking about it. I mean, you know, um, nobody was so there. Just, during uh, the I know that the Catholics do have all that stuff on the yeah. wall, and you say seeing that brings repentance to you. Yeah. How does it bring that to you? Uh, if I see a picture of Christ suffering. You know, like a movie, uh-huh. you could wow, that's real suffering. That's, you know. And it'll make you repent. I, it brings, uh, not repentance, I think maybe feel sorry or, you know. you know, cause It makes you feel sorry for Christ or yourself? For Christ. So why do you feel sorry for him? <laughs> because he, he, he suffered innocently. Uh. It wasn't, you know, I'm guilty. I'm the one that sinned. So you feel sorry for Christ because he did nothing wrong, and yet he suffered? Yeah, for us, yes. Oh, he okay. sacrificed himself. You say you feel sorry for him, too? No. Oh. Yeah. And you, you were a Catholic. I understand what he's saying. Oh, you understand what he's saying? Yes. And, and why do you understand that? What is he saying? He's saying that he feels bad for Jesus Christ because he didn't sin, and, but he died for our sins. And do you feel, at one time, did you feel bad for Jesus too? Well, I mean, when you see him bleeding and, you know, <laughs> uh, you nailed to the cross, I mean, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm only laughing because we've never seen Christ dead uh, bleeding. Well, in the movies, you see it. It's just an And actor. in the pictures. I also saw that person at the bar, too. But don't forget, I grew up <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> right, I know. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Interesting, though. And it's just yes, the sir. Feeling. It's just the feeling, you know. Of my feelings are, they don't mean anything. Okay. You believe he died for you? Uh, I think he died for our sins. And he died for your sins? Uh... I'm a part of that, yeah. He died for your sins? Yeah, he, I think, like, your show, you have a show called The Fallen State. Yeah. I think it's, you agree that, like, this world is in a fallen state? Like, since, if you believe the theology, since we left the garden or whatever, and Jesus came back as an innocent, right, from birth. He's an innocent, right? His mother had immaculate conception. He didn't have any sins in his life and uh his father knew what would happen to him like he sent his only son who was innocent to his creation like man right. and he knew that our sins and 
our fallen state would destroy him. Uh, and even so, he like forgave us. So I think he, he died because of our sins. And also, in the midst of that, he was showing us the way and forgiving us and showing us that mercy. Like, does God extend a mercy? I think, uh, I forget his name. That's all right. He says he's not Mexican, but his name is Francisco. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I agree that he extended mercy through, through Jesus. I know, right? Isn't the Mexican enough for me? <laughs> My name's Robert. But uh, and I also agree on the other part with Nick, the anchor baby, when, like, when I was an atheist, I would say, oh, God, Lord, have mercy. Like, I'd ask him for it. But now it's like, now that I'm trying to follow that path, I've never, like, asked for mercy since really trying, like, really being with God. Nice. Uh, as, so, yeah, he extends mercy that way, and I don't think I can give any mercy to myself. Why not? I mean, like, I'll think about stuff I did in middle school, and I'm like, ah, oh, that was stupid, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I don't have mercy for myself, but God kind of, like, God's mercy or grace can, like, come over me after a certain point. In, like, meditation or whatever, I can just let go of all the things, oh, and okay. His mercy and grace comes over me. Kind of. Nice. Interesting. Yes. You believe God died, Christ died for your sins? Uh, I never really understood that either. Uh, You're a Catholic? Yeah. I was oh, man. I have the documents to prove it. All three. <laughs> Baptism, First Communion, and Confirmation. Wow. The church has changed. Yeah, so um, I never understood it. Is it for our sins or because of our sin? I oh, okay. Can't really tell and when you ask the priest... As an adult, you ask the priest doing one of your, one of the little Catholic thing, yeah. and you ask the priest, priest, what does it mean he died for my sin? I don't understand that. What did he say? Well, I haven't spoken to a priest in years, so I'll have to ask him that. Oh, you never asked, like, while growing up, you never that, asked? That question, no, I never. Did you ask your parents? Uh, well, my mother's a religious one. You know, it's most, there's did, faith. Did you ask her? Fanat- fanatics. There's fanatics, people that are fanatics, and there are people who actually have faith. And so did you ask your mother, what did that mean? I don't think she'll give me the right answer. So I'm asking, did you ever ask her? No, I, I never asked her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Amazing. So, uh, and then... Uh, Why you never ask? Well, I just never... Uh, well, when I was younger, I, I never thought... And now as an adult, I can ask more serious questions. But, uh, yeah, I never thought of asking. I, I'll, I'll have to ask a priest and see what he, what he tells me about it. Yeah. You know, because if I talk to a... A Baptist, he's going to say one thing. If I ask a Methodist, or if I ask a Jehovah's Witness, they're all going to give me different answers. So, I mean, okay, yeah, right here. You say this is deep in what way? Um, you know, when you ask Jesse, I've I have come to the realization that I've been bamboozled like yeah. all of these years and. You know, as, as I'm sitting here listening to everyone's responses, I don't even know anything. Like, I know nothing. I don't even know if I'm sinning. Like, as Nick was <laughs> sharing how, you know, he doesn't, he, he was reluctant to admit that he doesn't sin or something to that effect. I, I agree with that. Like, I, I know when you ask the question, does Jesus, did he die for our sins? 
I would I answered yes to that um, initially because I feel like <clears throat> what that means to me and the way it's been explained is that he died for our sins so that when we do sin after accepting him into our lives of, as our you know Lord and Savior that he's our, now our intercessory so those sins are automatically forgiven um, but then I, as I'm sitting here I'm thinking I'm wondering if when we do accept Jesus what we deem as sin is that really is it sin or is God seeing it as sin so I don't know um, and these questions that you ask are so um, they're deep to me because they do cause me to really reflect right on. on who I am, what I know, what I don't know. Yep. And at the end of the day, I know nothing. So I'm just empty now and just allowing myself to be filled up. With Beautiful. The truth, you know, it's amazing that we can go through a lifetime not questioning what we think we know of what people have taught us and what we learn. And life is like hell for us. And we don't question, but why? If I believe in God, why is all this happening? How come he's the same as the devil? Because we're trying to get away from the devil, right? From hell that we live in. And then we go to God, we got more hell. And we excuse it instead of trying to understand it. That's amazing to me. I I didn't even realize, I've never looked up the word mercy, but for whatever reason... I never equated. I never saw mercy as the same as as forgiveness. For for some reason, mercy seems so much bigger than yeah. just forgiving someone. But anyway, does Jesus seem bigger to you too than you? Like he's untouchable. He de- yeah. And why is that? Because he died up there on that cross. <laughs> <laughs> So he see untouchable because he died on the cross, right? But yet he said he's our brother, and the work that he does, we can do it too, and greater work. Yeah. If he's so untouchable, how come we could do greater things than what he did? He's not. A, he's probably not untouchable. He's not. You know, it's it's yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It's what I don't even. It. I. He's. Everything that I thought was true isn't. Yeah. It's, it seems it isn't true. Yeah. Since I've, you know, discovered your ministry. I say that all the time. So, yeah, he probably is just like any of us in the room, and we put him up on this pedestal, and he's probably thinking, what, what are they doing? Yeah, I saw him going down to Coffee Bean this morning. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to get a big one today because this is going to be interesting. Time changed. It raining. Then people are going to be crazy. They're going to kill each other, have more accidents. Right? Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Yes, ma'am. You had your hand? Yeah. Okay. And speak uh, from the chest for me. Okay. Um, I agree that I, I also put Jesus on a pedestal because, like, I have a humanly father, and his father is, like, it's, you know, God. <laughs> so that already makes him different than me. It's amazing how the church have made, and the Christians have made Christ seem untouchable. He's like so big, you're not even worthy to think of him as brother. You're not worthy of it. Isn't that amazing? I, I don't know. I mean, it is amazing. Speak from chess. Um, is it a bad thing? What? 
Is it a bad thing to put him on a pedestal? Is it what? Is it a bad thing? He didn't want you to put him on a pedestal. Why should we do it? He said, no, no, it's not me. It's the Father that in me. He sent me. It's not me. He was trying to prevent the people from doing that, and they did it anyway. Because their minds were screwed up. They were listening to the devil. Amazing, huh? So you have him on a pedestal? I mean, it, I think it's mainly that, like, I have a dad. I have, like, my humanly father. So your earthly father, you put him on a pedestal? I did when I was little, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what made you take him down? Uh, you know, you grow up and you realize your parents oh, okay. are imperfect, but they're doing their best. So are you ready to take Christ off the pedestal? I mean, I feel like I'm supposed to say yes, but I, I, my, <laughs> my brain No, don't is, say yes under pressure. Okay, then uh, I won't. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it's the fact that he did not have a humanly father. I think that's where my brain is like... He did not have a I'm what? attached to that. He, he did didn't not have, have a... He did not have a humanly father. Who, Christ? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like Joseph was technically his stepdad, I guess. Oh, okay. Interesting. So you want to leave him up on the pedestal? I'm going to smoke on that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes, sir. And then I want to go to, I think, here and, and hate want to respond. And I'll put my, anybody online said that Christ died for them? Uh, probably, but I'm missing the, a lot of the chat. Oh, okay. All right. So, you know, being born and raised Catholic and, Going through all that stuff. The old Catholic was a different uh, place or different uh, organization than it is now. It's, it's not the same. Uh, and, and being raised uh, with that, I still had the, the trauma and the drama, you know, of, you know, my upbringing and things like that. But I, I used to be, uh, um, eventually I, I got into kind of worshiping Christ like God because that's what they teach you. They they teach you this thing called the Trinity, and uh, and uh, I can't, I could never figure it out. God is Jesus and the Holy Spirit all at once, and uh, it's confusing. But you believe it, and uh, and it didn't help you. And so um, you know, um, I was able to let that go, and and. Uh, um, and, and so now I have kind of a deeper understanding of the whole thing, Christ's, uh, okay. his sacrifice and his, uh, and, and even the things that he would say, uh, um, I didn't cure you, it's your faith that cured you. You know, when I was a Bible thumper, I would, you know, just gloss right over that. I, I didn't understand that. I didn't That's un another point. If he is to be put on a pedestal, and the people thought that he was curing them, healing them. He said, no, it's not me. Why wouldn't, if he wanted to be on this pedestal, why wouldn't he say, yeah, I did that? You know what I mean? That makes sense? Yeah. He would tell people, it is not I that cured you, it's your faith. Yeah. And, and uh, in the old days of being a Bible thumper, I never heard that. I just, I, I did, never heard it or understood it. I always, I would worship him, worship the man. And he would, you know, he would say, you're going to do greater things to his apostles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those right, stories. I got to move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
right here. Do you extend mercy to yourself? Um, yes. You do? Yeah. And how do you do it? Speak, speak from the chest. I do it because it gives me like a, a, like a cheap coupon to get away with my mistakes. And you feel like a cheap coupon? No, a coupon. Like it's like a, to get away with your mistakes and the transgressions and all that oh, stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you believe Christ died for your sins? Um, maybe I don't know. <laughs> it was his decision. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> nice. So you believe Christ died for your sins? I never knew what that meant. Really? I still have no idea what that means. So, but you've heard about it growing up. No, I, I didn't grow up uh, very religious or oh, going see. to church or anything. So I, I probably heard that for the first time as a like late teenager, I guess. But um, even since then, I have I really don't know what that means. Oh, interesting. Yes, sir. Uh, I grew up like uh, Catholic too, right? You grew up Catholic? Yeah, Mexican and Catholic. I grew up both of them. And the problem I'm with sorry. that, like, I felt a lot of guilt, a lot of guilt with that belief of it, and that I could not forgive myself. And there's uh, that blurred line about mercy and forgiveness. Only God could have mercy, but we always have to be responsible for our mistakes and stuff. Wow, what a burden, huh? Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Hake, do you extend mercy to yourself? I think I do, but not enough. And how do you do it? Like, sometimes I'll cut myself some slack. Um, but a lot of the times I'm just caught up in uh, frustrations and things like that. So I don't really... That's why I say I don't do it enough. Oh, okay. Um, do you believe Christ died for your sins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little homegrown Christian. He really believe it. And so, and what does that mean to you? <laughs> um, hmm. Well, just intellectually, I know that it's like when they, the Israelites used to die, I mean, used to sin, they had to kill a lamb to, so that God would have mercy on them or whatever. And that's what Jesus did. And that was like, made it more permanent. Because the lamb was just like a temporary fix. And Jesus was like actually a perfect person. And how did that help you? I don't... That I don't, he killed a lamb and then Jesus died. I don't know how it helped me. And so, but you believe he died for your sins. Yeah. But other than the lamb and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> how did that help you to know that? Maybe in, in ways that I don't understand. <laughs> 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 but I do feel that it's like kind of only marginally helped me in life and not like if I understood it better or if I were to 
to just live like what some of the people have talked about, then then I think that it would help me, right? Did you know before today that knowing that did not help you? Yeah. Yeah. You, I, you I, already knew knowing that Jesus died for your sin didn't help you? You, it, I knew it's that, not helping you. I knew that I didn't understand it really. Yeah. I mean, I knew that I, I didn't understand it in a way that would help me. And much. did you ask your parents? You heard it from your parents and others. Yeah. And did you ask them what does that mean? Um, I've asked people. I've asked different people what it meant. And did they help you? Their answers. N- no. I mean, no, it didn't help me. Oh. It's just like, yeah, it didn't help me. It's just intellectual. Oh, okay. Amazing. So I have one other final question that crossed my mind this week. How many people, how, uh, how many of you believe that family is important? Family is important, huh? Um, you don't believe me, Sean? No, I don't. Oh, you do? Why do you believe family is important? Um... Well, just an example from my own life, you know, there were times where I was um, sort of going going through it, you know, a, a couple of years there in my early 20s where I wasn't in a good place, and um, I found myself thinking a lot in that place about my earthly father and about, um, you know, I grew up close to him, I'm still close to him to this day, and he... Um, you know, he just worked incredibly hard, you know, for our family. All he did was, all he was, I know he has his own, you know, personal issues, but he never really let that affect me. And um, he was just support, support, support growing up. And, you know, so in that way, that particular figure of my family was important for me during that time period. So in that way, family is important, yeah. Um, What good did your family do for you? Me? Uh, well, the way I was raised, my father taught me how to work. Like, I was working since I was, like, before 10. And, uh, me and my sister, we had a lot of fun. You know, she was, it was me and her, and we grew up together. And it was like, if she wasn't there, it would just be less light. It would just want to be as fun. Like, it's... It's hard to answer. I'm not going to be honest. It's not like easy to answer. I think it's more important, like, the family you create, like, throughout your life. Like, the family you're born into is important because they're, they're like an extension of you. In a way, like, they, they are closer to you than a lot of other people would be. Uh, so it's like... You're kind of on the same team, like by default. You're born into the same team, and you kind of like support each other. Like, I couldn't be where I am now if it weren't for my father and my mother and the people around. Where me. are you now? I'm in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, yeah. let me do this because of time. Because it just crossed my mind. I'm going to ask them what good, what good, what good did a family do you? Um, they've done a lot of great things for me. Um, me what good one? did they do you? What good did they do me? Um, they show me loyalty throughout the years. They show you loyalty? Yeah. What um, does that mean? Well, 
Um, like I was saying before about a lot of um, reckless reckless stuff that I would that I would do, um, it, it landed me on the street, and not only my brother, my sister, uh, both of my sisters, uh, let me in, and then you know helped me to you know get back on my feet. Um, I would do it, but then I would fall back into the reckless behavior and. It was just a constant cycle. It was a perpetuated cycle, and they just never stopped loving me and and encouraging me and telling me that Fred, like you're intelligent, you shouldn't be doing this type of stuff. Why do you do it? And then I had when they asked me that, I would, I would answer because it was fun, and it was just it was just easy to do, and so you know they still they still let me in, and then my my parents they. Um, most recently let me, you know, stay with them for an extended period of time. I was supposed to stay there two weeks, but then it became two more weeks and then two weeks after that. And then when I finally got out on my own, I started to realize the reckless behavior that I was that I was having. And um, I'm just, you know, changing that. Okay. Um, what good did your family do you? You had your hand that a family is important, right? Oh, I, I didn't. I thought you... Oh. No, I didn't, but I can answer. Oh, you did not have it. I mean, before... Why they're not important? Wait, what is the question? Wait. <clears throat> is a family important? Is a, is my family important to me? Yeah. Why? Um, I think as a... Just smoking on this while everybody was talking, I think when I look back as a kid, my family was... Wow, man, this is a, this is a big question, actually. <laughs> um, I think you know there was. I, I had cousins, extended family members, and I, I was going to use the word safety, but that's not true because I didn't feel safe really at all as a kid. Um, I, and I think now, being an adult, I think family is important to me because. I learn. I actually learn a lot about myself from my parents of in, in the way that, like, I see myself doing something, and then I hear my dad say something. I'm like, wow, that's where I learned that. You know, like I didn't even think about it. It just, I just watched him for however many years, and now I'm doing the same thing. Um, my sister's important to me. Um, but I don't, I don't, that's a really that's a really big question, actually. There's a lot of feelings and thoughts going on. <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? <laughs> but have you noticed that in all family, you catch hell? You catch yeah. more hell in yeah, the family absolutely. than you do the outside most, the family. more than anything else. And, and is that good for us? No. I, I've always wondered that. Like, I've, I've beat up on my family more than, you know, this dude right here. And they could have said the same thing to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess there was a reasoning, like, well, they're not going anywhere. They're my sister, they're my mom, whatever. They just have to deal with me. It was very entitled, I guess. Just, I don't know. I was have you ever wondered, my, what good is my family to me? I hear everybody say, I'm going to stay in the family. No matter what, we're a family. we got to stick together. I think I had a lot of ideas what I think family should be. I think I carried a lot of pain that my family wasn't what I wanted it to be. And as an adult, um, 
you know, I, my sister and her husband and her adult children just went on a vacation. And I, when I see that, I think that's so nice. That would be so nice. And, <laughs> but I wasn't there, so and I know all of them pretty well. I, I'm pretty certain there were a few arguments over. Oh yeah, what, they fought the whole vacation you know time. I, mean? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I heard the highlights. They fought about going on vacation. Right. What is going to cause? Where are we going right. to stay? Absolutely. They fought at the vacation, and then they come back home and fight some more. Right. I think that's. But we're family. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's uh, that's why I think this is layered because it it comes from this idea that's being told to you from the devil. And then you're in whatever family you're in. None of it's right because everybody's in the fallen state. And then you're like, why is this happening to me? His family looks great. Mine's a mess. And then you're just, yeah. now you're 10 feet away from what reality is. That It's just everybody is in the fallen state. doesn't know what they're doing. I don't know one person who came from a family unharmed, undamaged. Isn't that amazing? But family is tight. We got to stick together. We're family. <laughs> yes, sir. I just, the question that I think is like, do you catch more hell from yourself or from others? Like in life? This is my question to you. Oh, uh, good question. We're about to get to that. Really good question. Because like your family are like, they're like you. But your family give you hell. Yeah, that's true. You get it from them as little children from your parents. That's definitely true. Yeah. Okay, but I, I'll get to that. Did you have your hand? Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to answer your question about family. I, to- I like, believe family is so important. And why? You believe it is important to yes, you? Yes. And why? Because our family see us 360, right? Like our coworkers, our friends, our roommates, whoever, they, they see parts of us, but they may not see all of us. And... Perhaps when they see the dark parts, all of us, they can ghost us. They, you know, they can fire you or move out, whatever it is. But with our families, it's like this constant act of like learning to forgive each other. I think it was Mother Teresa who said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. But there's not one family that forgive one another. They know all your stuff and then they use it against you. I I don't know if I fully believe that just because I have seen families that have forgiven each other. And how do you know they have? Because they're still together. Uh, I know a bunch of families who are together, but they're not forgiving one another. They can't help from each other. They lick boots. They fight. They gossip about one another. They treat each other awfully. In the family, in the blood. I mean, my family's definitely far from perfect. We have our own thing. You don't know one that is. Yeah. This family that you think is perfect, go live with them for a week. You'll see. But that, I guess what I'm trying to say is, if something is important only because it's perfect, I, I, like, I still believe that family is so important, even though it, in spite of the fact that it's not perfect. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And but you can't say why is important. Oh, you just say it because they know all your mess and and, well, and I, even though they treat you bad, knowing your mess, you still think it's important. 
Yes, because it's the ultimate act of learning to forgive, right? People But nobody know, learned to forgive in the family. I, I, honest, I honestly don't believe that. I do believe that there are people who have learned to forgive. Okay. Amazing. That might be always a little exception to the rule, but I doubt it. <laughs> anyway, let me do this. Um, as far as the question of should we have mercy on ourselves, absolutely. We should have mercy on ourselves. We should stop condemning ourselves. We should stop being so cruel to self. We treat ourselves worse than the world treat us because we are always condemning ourselves. We are calling ourselves right or wrong. We say that we are sinners and we, we really treat ourselves bad. We have no mercy on ourselves. And the, and the important thing about it and the reason that we should is because we have never done anything wrong. You have never sinned a day in your life. You have never sinned. You've been lied to and told that you've sinned. Christ died, and when he died, he washed away all the sins. There is no sin no more. It was done on the cross. When he died, he had a physical body, but he had a spirit. He lived in that body. And when he, he said, it is done, meaning that all of our delusions and all of our thinking that who we are, we're not, and all that stuff, it was washed away, and now we still live in an, uh, an illusion. Overcoming the fallen state is about overcoming the delusion that we live in. We've been lied to, and we're living a lie. That's why it's not working. We are believing that we're sinners, so we're condemning ourselves. So now we try to do right so that we don't sin, and then when it doesn't go right, thinking that we know what right is, we condemn that too. Now you want to go get drunk and get high because you tried to do right and you couldn't do it. You're trying to do something you can't do and that's not even needed because it has been done. The only thing we have to overcome is this illusion in our head. We're living a lie from Satan. And we have Satan teachers teaching us Satan words to make us feel good about it and think that we know and we really don't thinking that all that stuff is not helping at all because it's just intellectual knowledge which is of the devil you are really free and when you stop condemning yourself because restoration begins on the inside right and what he does he wipe he caused you to overcome this illusion that you're living thinking that you're this and thinking that you're that and being mad at others and and, and and not being able to see that they can't help it either. Thinking that you're rich or poor or there's race. This whole fight about racism is an illusion. It's not even real. It's an illusion. And people are like downright fighting over it. And then those who are working on the side of the devil to push this race issue, they are making buku money and all kinds of stuff. And they use it for everything now. You can own a white cow, and they'll say the cow is racist. <laughs> and if you're in that delusion, you believe it. You're living a delusion that you are a sinner. We do have to forgive because we're made to hate. Once you forgive, you're free. 
you really are free except that you believe a lie. And so you're struggling, trying to overcome something that you don't, there's nothing to overcome. If, it, if it's been washed away, what is that we're trying to wash away? It was done. Christ said it was done. And we should have mercy, stop uh, condemning ourselves and stop calling ourselves these things and just become a living being. You're, not, you're neither your body, your mind, or your feelings. You're none of those things. So if you're none of those things, why are you living those things and believing those things? If Christ said it is done, why do you still believe that you're a sinner? It's all an illusion we've been lied to. And Christ is not like, even though what he did was amazing, thank God he did it. And he was innocent and is innocent. But he's right here with us. He's not like some big thing that we can't touch. We just got to worship. We can be grateful for him. He became that example that you can overcome the illusion. You can overcome it. He overcame it on the cross. This false idea. He brought us back. We're no longer sinners. We are free. And, and, and a lot of people kind of know this, but they hate to say they're not because they don't want to be judged by the world. You said you are not a sinner. The world don't know what sin is. Salvation is of the heart. He said salvation of the heart. He didn't say it was anything else but that. The heart is wicked. And once you forgive, now your heart becomes his heart, which is love, and love conquers all. It breaks down all your illusion about yourself and other people. It breaks down all the illusion about you're back with the Father. You are, he are, He loves us. He's not punishing us. He's not doing anything to you at all. But this illusion, the, the uh, illusion got to disappear. Then you'll be free. That's what Christ came for. But yet, we're so cruel to ourselves and to others. We're so mean, even in the family. And I mentioned the family because when I counsel with people, I ask about the family. I, I look at my family, other families. There's no peace in families. But yet, families are so important, right? And I'm not against a family, but it got to be done right in order to work. A family, our father and our mother are supposed to be perfect so that when we come into the earth, they are the light that we live by. But they're not. They're the darkness that we live by. We don't, they don't have light, so we do the same thing they do because, because they can't see. And then they make you think that you got to be doing this. You, you owe me this. You owe me that. People take care of their father and mother out of guilt, not out of love. They hate them. And so now they stuck with them because they, they set you up for that. Then nobody, you don't sign a contract, a man and a woman get together, they're going to make a baby. They don't send a contract to heaven to have you sign it that when they get old, you're going to take care of them. Anybody sign a contract in heaven that if you were born through this woman, you're going to take care of her? <laughs> but it's all false love because it's all hate and it's all an illusion. You're free right now. No matter what the world say, they say what they say because they can't see. They're calling everything a sin because that's what they've been taught to. 
and they too judged themselves. They too, be, if you, whatever your situation was that made you be homeless, if you had not been in your head about it, you would have never had to move back home at all. Because they didn't help you by bringing you back home, they hurt you. They gave you false love, and they kept you going out there. Because when you were out there, you didn't get to know yourself to see what was going on. And so family hurt you by helping you in that way. And they call it love. They call it family. But we got to stick together. We are family, and they hate one another. But we're family. But you're free right now. You just got to overcome this illusion. Christ did it. He said it was done. He had a body too, but he lived in it. And that's Christ, God lived in Christ's body just like he lived in yours. He lived in me. He lived in all of us. We are a spirit. And the, the real person is free, innocent. This fake person, this illusion that you have about yourself is the one that's giving you hell because it's of the devil. It's not even real. Satan made a home in our mind and emotion, and he made you do the things you didn't want to do. That's why when you do things, you can't believe you did it. Why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I act this way? Because you know in a small way that you never would have done that. But you don't pause to say, well, what made me do it? Why? It's something that got a hold of me here, and I'm doing and thinking and feeling a certain way. You have no business, zero business, feeling fear, having fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. Now, you are concerned in a logical way because the world is crazy, right? And there are crazy people going, I want to hurt you. You should be concerned and watch yourself. But inwardly, you should, there's nothing to fear. It's all an illusion, too. It's just an illusion. And, and in reality, you're not afraid of the world out here. You're afraid of in here. It's inside of you. It's not out there. It's in you. When someone says something to you or do something, you become afraid. But it's not because of them. It's because of what you thought about it and the way you felt about it. But you blame them. It's all in you. We are free, folks. So you should have mercy on yourself by not condemning yourself. You do something stupid, oh, that was stupid. Man. But don't condemn yourself. And then you get over it. Because you're going to see that that wasn't you. This is not you sitting here. Right. It's not you. And if, if your eyes are not open, I wouldn't be able to see who you really are. I would see a physical person, I would be judging the person. But this is not you. This is not me sitting here. And you can do greater works as Christ did because the same spirit that dwells in his body dwells in your body. And that's the spirit of God. And we have a teacher. We have the Holy Spirit. And he will teach us all things. But we have learned intellectually from the day we pop out of mama's womb about God and about this and about life and about that and so intellectually we are holding on to it but it's doing you no good look how you suffered from it and you won't even let it go you know the Bible you know the Catholic stuff uh, you know this but you're not free God said not to even make any image of it they got image of Christ everywhere 
And so now when you see Christ on the cross, you cry. Christ ain't crying about being on a cross. Because Christ knew why he was going to the When he was living in his body, he knew he was going to the cross, and he knew why. But if you look at the Bible story, you see Mary, his mama named Mary, right? You see Mary and all the disciples crying, especially the women, they were crying and scared at the cross. Christ wasn't afraid because he knew that if he shared this illusion off, he's going to rise again and live. We could do the same thing. But you got to overcome the illusion of who you think you are. We should walk in the spirit, not in the intellect. We should walk in the spirit. Christ is of the spirit now. And we could be that way, but you got to, I'm telling you as a living witness, you got to get on this track and stay there. No matter what, ha- what situations come along or what happens, if the whole world turn against you or whatever, they can't see. And you won't mind because you realize they cannot see. It, it won't be personal to you. So stop reacting. Stop overreacting. When things happen, <clears throat> when situations happen, they are not happening to you. But if you think that they are, you're going to feel the pain of it and act, overreact because you think that they're happening to you and they're not. You have never had a situation happen to you. You've never been a sinner, and you've never sinned. You've never been you. You've never been guilty. Christ took care of all that. He brought us back. And we can just live now. He'll take care of us. So have mercy on yourself by not condemning yourself, not being cruel to yourself. And we should love our neighbors. As far as the family thing, there is no real love in families. It's not. Because if there were real love in families, we would treat everybody with real love. We would love all. You cannot love your family as something special and then hate everybody else. We all created the image of God. The family is set up where the father and the mother are supposed to be that living example. And we should supposed to grow up with perfect love and love, love everybody. And the, the same love that we have for the family, we will have it for our enemies. We should love our enemies. As this young lady was saying, they know not what they do. She can see now that they just don't know what they're doing. When we see that it wasn't us, we're going to see the same thing in others. And angry people, which is evil, try to hurt others so they can feel better. But if you know that there's no one there to hurt, they can't hurt you. There's no one there to hurt. And when you are hurting, it's just ego. That's not you. It's all ego. Which the, the, the delusion that you have to share it away from. You have to overcome it. And the light of God will cause you to overcome it. That's why you must be born again of the heart so you can live from within. And he'll start sharing all this darkness, this illusion away from you. And everything will change. You will change, the world won't change, but you will. Amazing, huh? Any questions about that? Yes. Don't hold on to knowledge. Don't hold on to anything. Let it go in one ear and out the other. We're neither good nor bad. Neither good nor bad. Now, there's an evil spirit working through the body. 
But that's not us. We've been controlled by the devil. And we take credit for it. That's why Paul said, Paul tried to do the same thing of the word. But he soon realized, you know what? I can't do it. This ain't me making, doing this stupid stuff. It's a spirit that made a home in me. So I'm not going to fight with it anymore. I'm not going to identify with it anymore. I'm going to let go. Go ahead. So um, I'm really struggling with the family thing, but yes. I'll save that for no. another time. But for no, now, you can say it now. Well, um, you know, my, my dad raised me in particular to, you know, he instilled in me to never, ever rely on a guy um, that if I need or want something to go to him until I'm married. And my brothers modeled that. I have two older brothers. And throughout, I'm from, I come from a very close-knit family. And, um, you know, up, to, up until this present moment, they've, they've always, always, my brothers and my dad have always been there for me, no matter what. So um, the part about everyone in their family hates one another, that I'm struggling with that. I don't understand that quite. Are you saying it doesn't happen or... or- you don't understand saying, why it happened, understand. or are you saying it doesn't happen? I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but are you saying across? Are you saying across the board this is, or, or what are you saying? In families, there is no love, no real love at all. And there's fake love that do things, but it's all vanity. If our parents don't have love, and we don't grow up with love, it's all vanity. We may stick together, and like my parents. They did the best they could for me, too. My grandparents taught me to work and be responsible. That was a practical thing, right? But I still lacked love. I didn't have the—I had a good emotional love, but I did not have the love that loved my enemy, the love that uh, destroyed this illusion of myself, the love that caused me to realize there's nothing for me to fight for. You know, the love that—that that kind of love where I can just live by the light, Okay, so are you saying that the love that I strongly feel for my for my family, are you saying that love is not a real love? Uh, there is no, in real love, there is no feeling. It, it just is. It's a being. It's a living being. It's a spirit, right? And so there is no feeling in it at all. And so if you have... Uh, a strong, when you say strong love, what do you mean by strong love? You can appreciate them, of course, that they took care of you and they provided your father taught you to work and be independent. But that's not love. That's just appreciation. Love is when when you are a living being. You don't identify with the physical period because that's not who you are. Now, you have a body you take care of the body, not like you mess up the body, right? But love is the light. It's a light. It's a, it's a nature. It's a natural way of living without any expectation, any fears, any doubts, any loneliness, any worry. Like if family really had love, you would come out flat on wings. You would never have been mean to men. You would never be mean to yourself. You would never judge yourself or other at any point in life. Okay, so it is impossible then. I'm sorry? It is impossible. It is impossible? It is not possible for anyone on the planet then 
Right. To, to have the love you're talking. Now that you're waking up, let's say that you're overcoming the fallen state, right? And you should get married. As long as you stay on that straight and narrow, your kids will have love. They'll grow up differently. They wouldn't grow up with fear. They wouldn't compare themselves to one another. They would never judge themselves. They would never try to be like anyone else. They would, they would never be offended by anything, be embarrassed by anything, be shy. They would have perfect love guiding them. Okay. All right. Okay, so the other question I wanted to quickly ask, what was it that was happening with Jesus then when he was bleeding blood and asked God to take away this cup or whatever, like the burden of being on the cross. Like, he, what, wasn't that fear that he was... I'm not clear pressing? what that was yet, but you know how you feel when you're separated from God? You, you have fear, you have doubt, you, have, you feel the, the weight of the world, per se. I'm thinking that, and I'm not clear, right? But he felt that for a moment. But he knew that he would rise again, just as you will... If you can see right now that all this stuff is not you, all the stuff you've been thinking not real, uh, you've been living alone, you could rise right now and live because all the fear and all that would disappear and you would have a life. And so I'm, I'm thinking that he had that because I noticed that as human beings, we all have that. When we're turned away from the Father, we, we are not with God. Some, he's not with us no matter what. And see, man, no, he's not with us. I'm thinking that's what it was. And so when we turn back to God, all the other stuff disappears. And then we can live. But I'm not sure yet. Okay. Because I've heard different stories about that too. And I realize now all that I've been taught been lies. Okay. And any ideas about God and Christ would be just an idea. It's not a knowing. But we can know God. We don't just have to have a, a belief. A belief doesn't work. Everybody say they believe in God, right? But yet they're miserable. We want to know him. Right. And we can know him. And, it, and that, no one can take that away. Okay. But, Final question. Final yeah, no, question. No problem. Um, so, to get to the point where, you're, where we're not, where, for me, to get to the point where I am unaffected, is the path to that forgiveness Silent prayer. Yes. Okay. And here's what I want you to do. Stay with the prayer. And whenever the ego feels something, fear or shame or, or doubt or worry or somebody may talk about you and you don't want to go around because you're afraid they're going to talk about you or whatever it might be, let that happen to the ego. So you could, that's carrying your cross. You're going to the cross. And on the cross, the ego will die. But if you protect that by not wanting to feel ashamed or feel embarrassed or feel like nobody likes you in the crowd, if you protect that ego, you won't make it to the cross. You won't get there. Stop protecting the not you. And don't care what anybody says. And the only, re the only reason that it bothers you or me or anyone, right, is because I believe here and I feel here. I believe the thoughts, I feel the body. So the real fear is inside of you. It's not out there with them. It's in you. They have their own fear. But you think that they are making you afraid, but they're not. 
that situation is causing your ego to feel it. But if you didn't have it in you, you couldn't feel it. You can only feel the ego pain if it's inside of you. But when you shed it, you can't feel it because there's nothing there to feel. Okay. Well, let me, so if someone were to say, hey, I saw you steal from, this is just a random example. We're working together. A coworker says, I saw you steal something. The, I, the person is innocent. I'm innocent. Yet my supervisor says, I'm going to have to write you up. Uh, you're, you're being terminated. How would, what do you do? Do you even defend yourself? That's a good yourself? one. That's a, a practical thing you're talking about, right? Because that can't happen. But the first thing, let's say someone go there and say, I saw you steal. But you know you did, right? Just sit there and watch them tell their story. Sit there and look at them lie because your first thing is you're going to want to re- overreact. No, I didn't steal. That wasn't me. You're lying on me. You want to protect it, right? The ego. But let them say what they have to say. And then when it's your turn to say what happened, say what you have to say. And it'll be taken care of. Okay. You just be, you know what you did it or not, right? But that first situation, do not react to it. Uh-huh. Take it. And the mind and the feeling are going to want you to react. They want you to go, oh, you just lying on me. You stole it. They want to argue and all that. Don't do it. Sit there shaking your boots because the mind is going to be working overtime. And the fear and everything is going to be there. It's going to want you to overreact. Don't do it. Don't argue with the devil. So no emotion. None. Eradicate all the emotions. That's right. And don't try to make that happen on yourself. Because if you try to make yourself overcome emotion, you're just piling up emotion. But if you sit there and endure the emotion, you're overcoming it. Got it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you'll get your chance to tell your boss, no, that wasn't me. I don't know what they're talking about. Or you tell them what happened. And you do it in a calm, like fashion with the light. And it'll always work out for you. Thank you. That makes sense? Yes. That's a really good I question. appreciate that. But let's say that somebody say... Oh, I saw you last night slutting around. <laughs> I thought you were so holy. I saw you out there slutting. And they stand in front of your best friend. And let's say that you were slutting. <laughs> Not that you're going to slut, but let's say you were. Or, or that I'm going to steal, which is an example. Th- that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the first thing the ego want to do is cover it up. Overreact to it, snap back at the person, run away from the problem, hide in some way. All right? Don't do it. If they say, well, I saw you slutting, you sit there watching, you relax, and let the devil have its way. And let it go right through you. It's going to blow your mind. But if you overreact, you're clogging up the drain, and it's just going to destroy you. But that, but if you let it pass right through you, and don't worry about what your friends think about. Oh, my friend just heard I was slutting. Don't. That's the devil telling you that because he's trying to get a reaction from you. Don't do it. That makes sense. One hundred. I've seen you model this on all of your shows. I've seen you model it. So yeah, it makes. When sense. God took away my anger, I didn't even know the depths of it at the time, but I knew that he had stopped me from overreacting. When things happened, it didn't bother me. And I knew it was because he took the spirit of anger out of my heart. Because I used to overreact. 
I used to be emotional and afraid and couldn't do anything. But when he took the anger away from me, everything changed. And now he's destroying the ego yeah. in ways that I never imagined. And he'll do the same for you. He's going to get rid of all this illusion that you're living in your head. He really will. Yeah. And all those emo the emotions come from the lie. It doesn't come from God. The emotion of feeling good and the emotion of feeling bad come from the lie and come from the ego. It has nothing to do with you and it has nothing to do with God. And not only will you walk in, in the spirit of perfect love, you're going to love your enemy. You will love them. And not even, you won't even think about, oh, I love my enemy. You won't think about that at all. You just have nothing but love without even thinking about it. And if somebody wants to play with you, fine. If they don't, fine. You understand it won't be a big deal. I get it. Isn't that something? Yeah. And that's what it means to be born again. To be born from the heart, and he'll shed all the garbage away from you. All the stuff you picked up along the way. It's just all ego, and it was never you. That's not the sin. The sin is of the heart. That's why he says that anyone has anger, he's a murderer. Because their heart is hardened. And that's why people try to hurt each other because their heart are hardened, their hearts are evil, and they gotta hurt you so they can feel better. And they'll go from person to person, seeing who they can destroy. But they can't destroy you once the ego is gone and you realize that's not you. There's nothing there to destroy. Because it's not you, and they don't know it, they're so blind, they can't see it's not you. Amazing, huh? It is. Nice. Any other questions? Was that helpful a little bit? In what way was it helpful? Well, I, I'm just always amazed that there's something new that I get. And today it's like, <laughs> I just, it is actually so simple. And my brain and my mind is so tired. Yes. I have no, like, and now that I down. see this, it's like, I, I can see myself. I, I, I don't know. I just, there was just so much said today that it was just I maybe didn't really look at it that way just like you said I was raised with a lie this whole yeah. world has been raised the whole with a world lie. raised with a lie and that alone it's like <laughs> I'm just over it yeah. you know what I mean I'm really I'm really over it and I I really do enjoy although I will say it it's only frustrating because I feel like I should just have this like everything should just you know, I, by the way, I just have to keep growing and living. And that's coming yeah. from a thought, too. Right, it is. It is. It, when it you is. get frustrated with it, I see the devil says, oh, you should have it by now. <laughs> I know, I know. That's I Where is God? <laughs> Why is God so hard to get to? Yeah, so. That's all thoughts, I know, all lies. It, all the time. And, but I, I do enjoy it, and I, I, I can see myself while I'm at work. It happened the other day. Somebody said something to me, and I didn't pause. And my reaction was—I was—I saw my ego, and I was—and I—but I didn't make myself wrong or even feel bad about it. I just was like, "Wow, this is so," you know. I want you to do that all the time. Yeah, I. I when the ego hurt, it's not you. When you I, feel pain, pain is not good. Pain is not good. So know that pain is not good. Know that it's not you. Yeah, so I can when, see when that. you feel ego pain, fear, worry, doubt, afraid of something or this or that, just know it's not you. Let it happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've, don't this, react to it. This whole week has been like that for me, where I've been, I, I've had the distinction that that it's not me, and I will have to say, like, in the interim, like, I feel like I really am not thinking about a lot. Yep. And I'm really at peace, and it's like, well, when I walk in, something will happen. There, you know, you figure out what you're doing, and then it's like. It's just fascinating how the devil works. I, I, not really fascinating that he should be winning awards about it, but it's just, you know, I, my entire life I've been listening to the devil. And that. And this, when is, I, this is why I say that all Christians are atheists yeah. because they listen to the intellect. They listen to the teacher that tells them Jesus God. They listen to the teacher and they start quoting it and they believe in it and they're miserable. They don't have it. They don't know it. They just intellectually have it. So they're atheists because they don't believe. They don't know the Father. They don't believe in him. They just believe about him. So they're atheists. They still have fear. They still have envy, jealousy, and worry. I know some of the most. I personally know people who read the Bible like. Like they're having watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) And just miserable. Jealous and worry and envious and no love. Atheists. Yeah, it's, I've never heard it put that way, but that makes sense. Yeah. Complete sense, yeah. yeah. And they don't know it, though. It's like, I didn't know what I know until he allowed me to see. I just didn't know it because no one said it. Yeah. I didn't hear it growing up. And so I didn't know it until I started really wanting to know. Yeah. I want to know. I've always wanted to know as a kid. I used to want to know, what is it like to be a son of God while you live? I didn't want to wait till I die because I have read in the scriptures that we can have it right now. He came that we may have perfect peace. People don't believe you can have perfect peace on earth. They say, oh, we are human. We can't have it. Why are you identifying with being a human? You are a spirit. And that's why they don't have perfect peace. We can have it now. You have it at an instant if we would so identify with the false self, with the thoughts and feelings. Will you help by that? Yes. In what way? Um, It just, well, I actually did, um, it actually triggered a reflection that I had on myself um, about, you know, like dumb decisions because it it really was not me. It, Uh -uh. it, it It was the devil living through me. Um, for example, <clears throat> at the last place that I worked, I was invited to um, one of my coworkers, one of my coworkers' uh, son's birthday, and we talked about it for weeks. And I just got paid, and I I had this thought about my ex girlfriend. I had a dream about her, and the dream was very it, it wasn't a good one. Because every time I dream about her, it's always great. It's like we're loving again and stuff like that. But this time, she, weird enough to say, she broke up with me in the dream, which devastated me. And it was the day that I had to go to my friend's birthday party, or his son's birthday party. And I got really drunk. And I started to, when I got to the party, I was hammered. Nancy Pelosi style. <laughs> and you say, Oh Lord, take this away from me. Have mercy. And, and uh I was I was, you know, just prancing around, just doing all this types of stuff, and I got physically shoved out of the party. And um the morning that I woke up, I told myself, 
you know what? I wish that I had started a family with my ex-girlfriend because we were together for four years. And so the level of toxicity that I have within myself is that I was sabotaging this man and his family because I wish I would have got married. I wish I would have had a kid. And he didn't deserve that. So that was the devil working through me yeah. to sabotage the whole situation, which and it was it was ridiculous. And so that's one of the instances where I what you laughing at? <laughs> yeah, that stuff. It was it was it was crazy because I I don't I don't even remember getting shoved out, but I just know that I yeah. I got I got shoved out. But um yeah, so then I just started to think about that, and I shared it with a friend of mine, and he said, "Well, that makes sense because I'm pretty sure that's how she 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 felt like you were sabotaging her." And so it just it just started to like really work in in so many ways. And um, and that's what I just started to learn that I was just being a very toxic person because I would see somebody living living better than yeah. better than me, and I, I wanted to do something to to hurt them unconsciously. And that's what's wrong with families too. Another thing that's wrong with families: families want to be families because they want something from one another. Yeah. They want to belong. They want to feel. They want to be loved. They want to give love. But if you didn't want that or need that, you would have a tighter family. If you weren't, if you weren't having children, just, oh, my parents didn't do good, so I want to make a family so I can do better than my parents. How dumb is that? Dumb. You can't, you're not, that's just another thought, another illusion. And so families stick together because they think they want love, and they think they're getting love, but they're not getting love for one another. That's why they don't get along. Because when you expect something from someone, you don't love them. You try to get something. But if you have real love, you expect nothing from anyone. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's what I just started to learn um, is that when I sabotaged that, um, that, that man's party, which he did not deserve, it was the reason why she, we, we broke up in the first place because I was being a toxic person. And while we were together... Um, I was being a slut maker, so <laughs> and uh, like that, huh? it was ridiculous. So I had to I, I had to learn from that and just understand like why why I was doing those things and knowing that that was not me that was the ego because yeah. I thought that I was you know be- better than who I was. From now on, have mercy on yourself by knowing that it's not you. Yeah, it's not you at all. So stop accusing yourself, stop condemning yourself, stop being so cruel because it's not you. Right. Don't take credit for it either way. You're neither good nor bad. All right? Amazing. Amazing. Anyway, I am out of time. I hope that this, was this helpful for you? Quiet. Nice. So I'm telling you, God love us. He is love. And we are already one with him. This false self is not him. This false mind is not him. Those emotions are not him. We are a living being. And all we have to be is just a being. Just be. Stay present. Just stay present and be. And all ideas and thoughts and things will disappear. And you will have a perfect life. All right. If somebody else don't want it, they have a right to say, no, I'm a human being. Let them be a human being. 
Let them identify with the physical and believe the lie. All right. Brand new uh, uh, biblical question. What are the false need, F-A-L-S-E, what are the false needs inside of you? No, what are the false needs in your life? What are the false needs in your life? I see everybody mind working overtime right now. What are the false needs in your life? Isn't that an amazing question? What do you think about that one, Sean? Um, all of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Amazing. Every one of them. That's the biblical question. Would this help for today for you? Yeah, definitely. You know, I've, I've never, uh, I've never heard it. It's a, that's what's amazing to me is that I've never heard anyone in my entire life before, before you speak the truth like you do. And I hear it and I think to myself, yeah, I've never heard anyone talk like that in my entire life. And, the reason and that's you, what's amazing to me. And the reason you know that is true, the spirit of truth is dwelling in you, and he is just teaching you. He's showing you that that's right. It's not me at all, yeah. really. And he is selling, confirming, teaching that it is true. That's why you can see it. And if, you, if I were to never come around again, now that the spirit of truth is with you, if you stay on that straight and narrow path, if you watch and those thoughts and let them go and just stay there, stay there, and let that ego die, let the world kill it for you, it'll blow your mind. You can never get away from it. He will guide. He love you. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> and life is supposed to be easy. He said, my, my, my ways are easy. My burden is light. So take on my way. Now as you come overcoming the thought, don't you see how easy life is? His, he was telling the truth, but when you're in your imagination and angry and judging and all that, life is not easy. It's not e- afraid on the inside. You have fear. That's not easy. It's not an easy way to live. He loves us. He is love. So let all your little Catholic ideas and stuff go. Take Christ down off the cross, and don't feel sad when you see the blood. All right. It's all a thought and a feeling. So anyway, that's the biblical question. Uh, get on that straight and narrow path, and you will overcome it. You can't do it yourself. You cannot do it. You're neither weak nor strong. You can't do it. All right, so don't call yourself weak. Don't call yourself strong. Just be, and it'll be taken care of. Let go and let it happen, all right? Uh, this Thursday night, we are having the Women's Forum at 7 p.m. every third Thursday night for ladies only, and the first Thursday night for men only, and Sunday morning, everybody, all right? And we're going to read your super chats and all that on tomorrow to Lord is Willing and the Creek Don't Rise. And thank you for your donations, your tithes and stuff. we got a lot to do, and I do appreciate it. I hope that this was helpful for you. It's already in you to know the truth. Don't let anyone teach you. Let it go in one ear and out the other and let the Spirit of God teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you. All right? All right. Thank you all. And thank you all, too. I appreciate it. Amazing.